Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading episode 160. Today we are talking about a song, kind of a, probably a rare song for most um, non-diehards called No Return. It was released September 15th, 1967 on their album Something Else by the Kinks. And it's the fourth track on the album. And it's kind of a cool departure. There's, To my thinking, there's nothing really like it prior or after um, in the Kinks catalog. This really stands alone as kind of an experiment they did once. And the experiment is is a pretty authentic Bossa Nova vibe. And Bossa Nova was pretty popular at this point, um, obviously not among rock and rollers typically, but, you know, it was a popular um, genre in the 50s and the 60s, particularly with guys like um, Zhao and Astrid Galber- Gilberto um, doing things like Girl from Ipanema and... Uh, uh, Oh, I want to say Desafinado, but I'm not sure I'm saying that right. But you know, there's a lot of bossa nova hits back in those days, so it would it would stand to reason that um, it would infiltrate rock and roll a little bit. And it did uh, also on the Beatles side. Uh, Step inside love, which was written by Paul, um, kind of has this same kind of bossa nova feel, although the Kinks do a more authentic version of it. Um, and it kind of goes to something I've said several times on this podcast, and I'm going to say it again, and I will say it many more times, I'm sure, about how good the kinks are at adapting to different styles. Uh, there's nothing in their catalog, like I said, leading up to this, that would lead me to think they were capable of doing a real bossa nova tune with you know, fairly authentic style, authentic chord progression, um, all of that is very true to what it should be to be qualified as a bossa nova. Um, and Ray has not given me any indication that he could write something in this style. It uses chord progressions and rhythms that were not on his palette at that time. So it's a cool little moody, ethereal track um, that could have easily been covered by the Gilbertos that same year and, and fit in just fine. Uh, tracking down, speaking of tough chord progressions, getting a chord progression or chord chart for this song proved to be impossible because nobody seems to know what the chords he's playing are um, anywhere. There's like some of these places I, I was looking at chord progressions. There's not a single bar that I would count as correct. And I didn't have time to sit down and, and chart it out correctly. Maybe I'll do that after I'm done recording and, and share it with everybody. But um, suffice to say that this chord progression, if you pull it up on the internet and there's not six or nine chords in there, um, the p- chord progression is not entirely right because he's using a lot of those six and nines, um, to, to kind of move a little guitar melody. And he's done this in other songs, particularly his jazz influenced ones. So here's a regular, just an A chord. Right, and then we add the six, which is just anytime you have a number after a chord, it's it's adding a note. It's not modifying um, an established note. It's adding an extra note. So the A six chord has four notes in it instead of three. And here's the A six. 
Okay, and then here's an A9. All right, so a lot of times what he's doing is, you know, like a... Like an A6 and a flat 6. He's doing a lot of, uh, you can do a nine chord like this that's got the seventh in it. So there's a lot of that kind of movement going on on this tune. Um, so if you were just seeing basic triads or seventh chords in the chord progression, it's not going to work for you. Um, and that's actually part of what makes it sound like a, a proper, authentic bossa nova is this chromatic, um, the extended chords, and then a lot of chromatic movement. And that chromatic movement also is makes it tough to nail down a particular key to this song. And what I mean is not necessarily in the melody or the bass line, because we're used to that kind of like a... We're used to that bass line chromaticism but what they do in a lot of jazz is like this is um you'll have like a d7 chord and slide down to a c sharp seven a half step lower right and so that that is the chromatic movement you hear a lot um throughout this song. And so because of that, um, virtually every chord in this song is what we would call borrowed chord. There's not really an extended period of time in this song where he's really sticking to a home key chord progression, which is cool. It's fun and it's neat. Um, recording of this track was likely in January of 67, nine months prior to the album's release. And in July of 67, so what did I say? The album came out um, middle of September. In July of 67, this song um, was logged into the Reprise Records vaults along with Let Me Till the Sun Shines. And the speculation is that they had intended it to be a single in the U.S. or Scandinavia. I don't know why those were the two options. Um, I'm assuming Love Me Till the Sun Shines was the presumed A-side because that's got you know a little bit more kinks sound to it. And no matter how good No Return is, it was not going to be a hit in 1967. But um, neither would come to fruition. It wasn't released in the United States or Scandinavia. So this is all kind of presumption. And at two minutes and two seconds, it is one of the shortest tracks on this album. And this is an album of, of several short tracks. There's a lot of stuff on here under the two minutes and 30 seconds or three minute um, length. But like a lot of Ray's short little vignette pieces like this, it's got all the information it needs. It like what what would you add to this to make it longer than the two minutes and two seconds? You know, it it's not lacking anything by being short. And I don't know that you would enhance it at all by making it two and a half minutes by adding another verse or chorus or guitar solo or key change or something like that. It's like once you've said what you have to say, just get off of it and move on. And I think that's what he's done here, and it's fine. Um, and it sits nicely between Two Sisters and Harry Rag, 
for a trio of songs that could not be more different from each other. You've got a kind of Baroque pop followed by this bossa nova followed by a um, pub song. So three songs on this album, back to back to back. We don't have a real kinks rocker among them, but they're all three pretty good songs. I like them all. If you're looking for a cool cover of it, Chrissy Hine, who we all know is a huge kinks fan. She's done several of their songs and uh, one of their bandmates. And um, she did a cover of this a few years ago for a, it's an album. It's a cover album. And there's some jazzy stuff on there, but she does a version of this that's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, The band she's got backing her up is phenomenal, and her voice is so perfect for this style. You know, she's got this great voice for rock and roll, but then when you put her in this setting, you realize, and she's just got a great voice. It's it's not it's not bound to her style. She's just got a really good voice. So that's worth checking out if you find it on YouTube. That's Chrissy Hine doing No Return. Um, and that's about it. I w- wish I could talk to you more about the harmonic structure of this, but like I said, it's just, I would need to have Ray on the podcast to walk us through these chord changes. Um, but it's good stuff. So really take a listen to it and really focus on the guitar work and what's going on. And then listen to how Ray's melody kind of floats on top and try to sing along. And this is not an easy song to sing along with, and it's not an easy song to sing. Um, without singing just you know acapella or whatever there's there's a this is a tough tune uh deceptively difficult for a two-minute album track um from 1967 what are your thoughts on no return give me a call 925-494-1739 email me kinks and beats at herohabit.com or you can join our new facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash hero habit uh, that's not it slash groups slash kinks and beats um and you can uh get a conversation going there. We are working our way through some um, music polls to try to get a vote for the best songs from both Kinks and Beatles catalogs. And um, we will be getting to this particular album pretty soon. So get over there and cast your vote and get some conversations started. All right. I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for downloading and subscribing. And it would be great if you'd swing by iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much. I will talk to you tomorrow. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.